Welcome to All-in-One Dallas Sports. I'm here with my co-host today, Jake Riding, and today we're going to be talking about the Mavs' new hires, some Damian Lillard rumors, and just some fake Dame trades across the league. So as always, we're going to start this podcast off with a little bit of bet talk. So my bet of the day is going to be Bucks Hawks over two twenty one minus one ten. Uh, I think you got a high scoring game uh, potential. You know that Bucks big three of Holiday, Milton, Giannis. I think they're due to go off. And then that Hawks whole team is a pretty potent offense. So I got that game going over 221. I have the Bucks minus six. Uh, odds are minus 110. I think the Bucks won again. Um, but yeah, the over's a good play too, especially if you're kind of on the Hawks to maybe win this one, uh, especially since the Hawks have been held to low, low, low scoring, at least in the playoffs so far compared mm. to what they've been so big bounce back game for both offenses yeah and a lot of a lot of potential for hawks to even it up or bucks to put it away so always a game four it's always a big game mm-hmm. oh not magic johnson says game three and game five oh that's true yeah. series, so. listen to magic. <laughs> <laughs> all right well jumping into this uh mavs talk we're gonna talk about the new hires they've made over the past week, um, some official press conferences will probably come sometime this week, so we'll talk more about it then. But, Jake, what were your first reactions to the Jason Kidd news? So, initially, it was a little bit of confusion. Uh, for a long time, you know, all we were hearing was Mosley. You know, Mosley's next in line, him and Luca. Uh, they post, I think, bet online, posted odds at one point. Mosley was minus 110 for the job, and the next closest guy was around plus six or 800. Yeah, Jason Kidd was like plus 850. Yeah, so you should, should have bet on that. Yeah, should, should have talked about that. <laughs> but um, it's, it's certainly a controversial uh, pick for head coach in a lot of ways. One of those ways, as I just said, was Mosley. You know, a lot of people think Mosley's kind of getting a knife in the back here. It's been little rumor. I don't think there's an official report on how it was carried out, but there's been little rumors of uh, some people were not happy with how Mosley was treated. Uh, They don't know if there was even consideration for him uh, once the kid ball was rolling. Well, I know that there is consideration. But he was promised an interview, and I don't think there's any confirmation or denial that he was given an interview. Mm-hmm. So if he wasn't given an interview, that just looks bad on the Mavs as an organization. If he was yeah. given an interview and it wasn't the route they were going, it's a little bit more understandable. And yeah, I think a lot has changed because our both both of our first reactions were very surprised. Um but as more news has come out, um, along with the hire of Nico Harrison, um, it's been talked about how they were a bundled deal. So that kind of change shouldn't change everything, but might change the way you look at why the Mavs might have done it. Um, mm-hmm. There, I was reading this article. It talked about how before, like 2012. Um, you could take on more salary because there wasn't a hard cap and it was dependent on how much your owner wanted to spend. Um, so, and it talked about how Donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban, um, cause as you, as Mavs fans know, he's kind of a, uh, GM and in, in and of himself. Um, but talked about how they would just go over the hard cap and get what they wanted and now, since the NBA's changed, like you can look at the past and see they haven't been able to do some of the same things they've been able to since, like, especially since 2011, we haven't made it out of the first round. Um, mm-hmm. And how 
there just was time for a new voice. And so I agree there's time for a new voice. Um, I didn't think it'd be Kid, but there's there's some middle ground you can get to. Yeah. Um, and the sort of polarizing stuff with Kid comes from some off-the-court things, mostly. You know, his on-the-court is track record with, with the Mavs. You know, he was drafted here. Went to the Nats. He was MVP candidate. You know, Mr. Triple Double, all that stuff. Uh, won a championship with us in 2011. <clears throat> but the controversy with him comes with a assault case back in 2001, and it was uh, uh, he was he pled guilty for you know hitting his wife, which kind of deterred him away. Not deterred him away, but which was the reason that he probably didn't get the job in Portland. Well, I mean, he also got, I mean, even in his playing career, he was with the Suns and they didn't sign him back because of that incident. And so Mm -hmm. he went to the Nets instead. Yeah. And, you know, not, not something to sweep under the rug, especially with the things that have happened with the Mavs recently, 2018, there was, um, reports of not reports, but confirmation of, you know, sexual harassment allegations in the Mavs front office that, you know, us just being honest here, not being homers, it was probably not dealt with in the best way. You know, Cuban went on TV and um, cried in front of Rachel Nichols and, you know, kind of made a show about it. But then it was just kind of over with. No one really, I don't know if there's any... Yeah, they they could have had things going on in the organization organization to address it, but this hire just kind of is a backtrack in that sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, it's kind of just like contradicting. Yeah. You talk to, about there's like a zero tolerance policy and all this stuff, and then you go hire somebody with a domestic violence charge, and I'm not to mention he got a DUI and. Oh seven, yeah. It's it's just different, man. But like, still in trouble with the law, and but I will say, like a lot of people are like, I can't believe that this happened, like whatever. And obviously, it was awful what he did, and we're in a hundred percent in agreement with that. But there is a middle ground you can get to. It's not like politics. It's not the right or the left. It's not Democrat or Republic. It's do you think people – the big question is do you think people can change over time? Because when he was a player, we were what? Like 10-11 when he was a player with the Mavs? Yeah. Like and we had no was knowledge fifth of grade, this. grade, fourth grade. Yeah, we had no knowledge of this. And a lot of Mavs fans were in middle school, high school, maybe their young 20s, and they didn't seem to have a problem with it. Um, mm-hmm. It's been talked about on a lot of Mavs pods. But you can – Look at it as a middle ground is you like those people have changed since then and they don't believe that he should be the head coach, but just like they've changed, Jason Kidd can change. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't had any incidents within the past 10 years or since 07, but he's been happily, happily remarried for 10 years now. And yeah, it's something that you can be surprised and still believe that people change. Like mm-hmm. it could be shocking news that the Mavs went out and did this, but you can still have the belief that people have changed. You can believe both. Yeah, and that incident was uh, twenty years ago. When and not, I'm not excusing it at all. It, it's completely wrong what happened. Um, he was, you know, that's when he was probably around the peak of his play. Uh, probably just sort of had a hot shot mentality of uh, like I I do what I want, which is it, it, it's messed up for sure. And that's you know that that was during the peak of his career, and in that 2007, you know, he was still a very prominent player. Probably just was a real hot shot. Thought nothing bad could ever happen to him. He wouldn't get in trouble for anything. He'd do whatever he wants. And that led to him making an awful decision to put his hands on his wife and 
no, like Max said, people definitely, definitely can change. And so that, that doesn't mean that we're, you know, advocating it, putting Jason Kidd up on this pedestal. But the reason that he has a head coaching job for the Mavs is because Mark Cuban and the Mavs front office believe in his basketball abilities to coach. They don't. They believe he's uh, changed. They, as yeah, a person and, and that he's grown. Dirk advocated for him. Dirk won that championship with him. He's played with him. They're friends. Um, and and again, saying all this, we're not at, obviously not advocating for anything that he did. It's horrible the things that he did earlier in his playing career. And there's no excuse for any of that stuff. Um, you know what happened happened, and it's between him and his spouse. And I mean, they're not together anymore, so obviously things didn't work out there. But what he did was unacceptable. But right now we're just eyes and ears open, seeing how everything plays out. You know, we're, we don't make decisions for the Mavs. We don't we don't have the chance to approve or disapprove anything. We can express our opinions, but right now it just is what it is. Yeah, and there's and even talking, kind of taking going away from that topic, um, but like even looking at his coaching career. He hasn't had a great coaching career. He went – he's 1-83 in wins, 180 uh, – he hasn't had a great coaching career. He has 183 wins and 190 losses. Um, he's had two jobs. He was with the Nets, and there seemed to be a little bit of power struggle. He did take him to the Eastern Conference Finals – or Eastern Conference Semifinals – in his first year. Um, but there is a power struggle between him and the front office. He tried to bypass the GM and all this stuff. Um, if you want to get more in depth in that, you can just look up Jason Kidd nets like GM and mm-hmm. it'll, some articles will pop up. Um, but yeah, and then he moved on to the bucks, uh, was 139 and 152 with the bucks, uh, made the playoffs, two out of the three and a half years he was there um but yeah it's also different i will say for everyone who looks at his coaching record and is scared or like oh why'd they do this he also didn't even have a year off he retired and became a coach immediately Mm -hmm. that is such a hard jump and and his latest and mark spears's uh, report that he did on Jason Kidd, he interviewed him, and Jason Kidd talked about how there were so many things that he's been able to grow from as a from a coaching standpoint, uh, from what he like knew and when he first became a head coach, and how there's a lot of like bench stuff that he just didn't know how to handle. He was too hard on guys, and he just didn't do it the right way with the Nets or the Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. But you can also attribute his player development. Uh, he's the one who wanted Giannis handling the ball. And, I mean, the rosters that they had are definitely not on the same level. Even though the Mavs have one of the worst rosters besides Luka, like if you take Luka off, the roster doesn't look great. This roster is more built to win uh, than some of the other teams he's been on. Because when he was with the Nets, he he had Kevin Garnett in his 18th year. (laughs) He had Paul Pierce in his 14th year. Like, uh, Darren Williams coming off his peak too. Yeah, it was, was kinda... about like eight an- ankle injuries. Um, yeah, at the time. So but yeah, he, it's yeah he's an around five hundred coach right now. I know nothing. There's there's nothing about his coach for career that's eye popping. Uh, the only thing is the but the the twenty thirteen twenty fourteen Bucks won 15 games and lost 67 games. Jay Kidd got there in 2014-2015 and they jumped up to a 500 team. They were 41 and 41. So, I mean, 26 game improvement isn't nothing to sneer at. And, you know, you might say that's coming that was coming naturally with Giannis. You know, Giannis's development, that's when he was sort of emerging. But you know, as is, he's just kind of a meh. You know, he's a 
there's nothing popping about him, but I'm not going to completely throw him in the trash yet. You know, we'll we'll see what he can do. Let me just add something real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, but in the 2014-2015 season, these were Giannis's stats. 12.7 points a game. He was 20 years old. So you can't really look at it and be like, oh, they had Giannis, they had Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton was 23, and he averaged 13 points a game. Like Those two players are clearly much better. They're two of their four leading scorers were Brandon Knight and Michael Carter-Williams. Hmm. So I, I think that just bodes. And like his team... And Giannis was upset four, when he left, too. Yeah, his top four scores were age 23, age 20, age 23, age 23. The fifth leading score was 19. And then O.J. Mayo was the sixth leading score, and he was 27. So it was just a very young team. They had no expectations, and they did a lot better than people thought. Yeah. Uh, so we know about kids track record as a coach and although it's not outstanding there's there's definitely room for improvement because we also failed to mention that he's coming off a, a championship with the lakers as being yeah. an assistant so he's an assistant yeah and lebron who is one of the greatest basketball minds if not the greatest basketball mind ever uh speaks very highly of him and has expressed that he's upset about him leaving. So Yeah. And let me just add this real quick. So when Jason Kidd was the coach of the Bucks, his last coaching tenor, he the issue with the Bucks was not the offense. It was the defense. And he just spent two years or three years under like one of the, if not the best defensive coach who's they've had the best defensive rating for the past two years, and that's with LeBron and AD in and out of the lineup all year this year. They sustained it with players that you don't think would be great defensive. So it's a team defense, so he's learned a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Just to add that really quick. Um, yeah, and just being surrounded with, I mean, the Lakers are, aside from the Celtics, are by far the most prestigious and you know just legendary organization ever. So he's been surrounded by LeBron, Magic Johnson, Palinka, you know, all these great basketball minds. And he's probably just been absorbing since he's been there. Yeah. So we we are optim we're we're taking the optimistic road about kid. Uh just from a, a coaching perspective purely, we say that, you know, none none of the off the court stuff. But yeah. We'll we'll see how he does. We'll, you know, don't just you know, as a coach, don't just totally dismiss him yet. We'll we'll see what happens. Maybe he's learned. You know, maybe it's sort of a comeback for him, coaching and, wise. And also, you have a great basketball mind, and pairing him with another great basketball mind like Luca, um, who Rick Carlisle said they like play the same, and there are some similarities between the way the two play. Um, kid was called Mister Triple Double. Uh, before mm-hmm. Russell made the triple double, and like players like that made it normal or not normal, but more normalized, he was Mr. Triple Double. Um, so yeah, I think putting a great basketball mind like Kid will help raise Luca's ceiling, um, help raise his game because there is a lot to Luca's game for how great he is that he can improve on. So which is crazy, <laughs> yeah, which is which is absolutely nuts. Which should get you excited. Yeah, yeah, and if to me, if Luca signed off on it and like Luca's okay, which I think that the Mavs wouldn't make a decision like this um, unless he is okay with it, then I think the sky's the limit. To be honest, like because you never know when you put a great basketball, great basketball minds together. um, Yeah, was the limit, and you've seen like across the league. Coaches are now more players' coaches. They help not only the relationship part, but they attract more people. Um, like we talked about, Rick Carlisle was a great tactician coach. He raises the floor, and like no doubt, the Pacers will probably be a top five, top five seed 
next year in the East. Like I have no doubt about that. Yeah, um, they got the talent. They have the talent, and it's just like it's not mediocre talent. It's just Rick Carlisle excels with good talent. You know, it, it, nobody has to be great. If you just put a ton of good talent around him, yeah. he will outcoach. And if he uh, doesn't have to develop, if he just has to coach talent yeah. that's already presented there, then yeah, he's your guy. He'll he'll make a splash there in Indy. Yeah, sure. But like you were harping on with relationships, how it's a player league, that is one uh, aspect that we are excited about for the new GM of the Mavericks in Nico Harrison. For those of you who don't know, he was a former executive at Nike. Built, he's he's kind of a low radar type of guy, not on like social media, any anything like that. But uh, if you don't know him, he was pretty much Kobe's right hand man when he was uh, in his heyday. Him and Damian Lillard, who we're about to talk about in a second, mm-hmm. are very familiar with each other. A great relationship there. Dame just tweeted praise for him uh, when he got the Mavs job. Wink, wink. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we're excited about Nico Harrison. Yeah, he uh, – and, like, if you look at the way the Mavs front office is, um, Mark Cuban acts as a GM and – a lot of aspects and so you need to bring in a guy with the relationships um and the connections uh the maps have swung out in free agency um since like the entire time mark cubans had the team Um, over and over and sometimes it's worked out for the better like looking at their careers afterwards um but yeah i think that the mavs they just want to be able to bring in free agents and they want to make Dallas more attractive. And these two hires definitely make Dallas more attractive than Rick Carlisle and Donnie Nelson. I think everyone can agree on that. Definitely. Yeah. I think I'm excited to see what they do. Um, And and even if they don't make a massive splash this off season, don't get like, Oh, the Mavs did this and it failed. Like it's like, yeah, there could be a big splash this off season, but it's also, they just made it official while we were recording the pod. That they got hired. The press conference is set for July 15th. Free agency's in about a month from now. A little little over a month from now. So, like, don't expect. Yeah, I mean, they're getting the Mavs, started right now. Yeah, it's, it's just getting started. Um, but, yeah, I'm super excited for what the future holds. Um, Definitely. Ash. And Harrison, you know, Nico Harrison coming from Nike, being an executive there. He's, he's a guy who's used to... Tr- trying to convince people to join the join his wagon to hop on board with them so that yeah that that's just a business approach that you need in free agency someone who can lay it all out for you and then tell you you know realistically what that means to you as a player and how it suits your interest because most players nowadays which rightfully so are looking out for themselves more so than you know, staying loyal. I don't think. Right. I think we're kind of out of that era, of. Uh, I think the last, no. the the last loyal superstar was Dirk, and the next one will be Curry if he finishes his career with the Warriors. Other um, than that, there's not many in the league right now. Yeah, like, but, like Dame has also been extremely yeah. loyal to the Blazers, but I mean, like we'll talk about later, and you keep up with NBA news. There's a lot of rumors about him being unhappy and him. He's in crispy hands. Who's also extremely close to Lillard. If it's Lillard news, crispy Haynes is the, like the man to listen to. Um, so yeah, he said that he's contemplating requesting a trade, mm-hmm. which is big news for Dame. Who's been a loyal guy for so long. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, do you want to do you want to move on to the Dame? Yes. So, um, but before we do, just one last thing about Nico. He was it was reported and confirmed that he was essential from Luca moving to Nike from Jordan. So they already have a good relationship, and mm-hmm. Dirk coming in in a special advisory role, also who Luca respects. Um, they've done a good job of surrounding. 
people who Luca respects and has relationships with in the front office to make him feel happy. Um, it's just down to how does he feel about Kid, which there hasn't been a comment yet. But <laughs> I'm assuming with Dirk vouching for him and the amount of respect that Luca has for Dirk, not to mention every European player has the utmost respect for Dirk. Like they probably respect Dirk more than any other NBA player just because he paved a path for them and changed the whole game um, for them. I mean, he's the greatest sure. like, European player of all time. And also, speaking of European players, it's rumored that J.J. Barea, or uh, Jason Kidd, wants J.J. Barea to join the staff. And if you are an MFFL and you you know about JJ, then he has a fantastic relationship with Luca and Maxi and Boba yeah. and KP. So that adding that sort of European mentorship to guys who have been, you know, I think JJ played for 14 years, 15 years. Dirk played for 21. And so they, they've got leadership under their belt too yeah i think we said on the last pod that jj burrow will be on the staff and it's pretty much all but confirmed and also uh it's not confirmed but jason terry is also a lead candidate they're looking at he's and if you think like oh they're just bringing back all these 2011 guys they're bringing back a good amount but jj Barea needs to be in a coaching role um Mm -hmm. he's been on the end of the bench for the Mavs for a while already in that role of I'm a player but I'm also the guy that the players come to me and then I go to the coaches Um, He's been in that role and Jason Terry has been an assistant coach in the NBA so he's had some experience so yeah I'm excited to see what the coaching staff looks like uh Nico was a great hire in my opinion um there's not much negative you can say about him yeah he seems he seems yeah, he knows what he's doing. He's he's very prof- he's very professional. So, mm-hmm. looking forward to see what they get to. You know, they were just hired officially twenty minutes ago. Yeah. Um. So, with all these rumors, we're gonna talk about Damian Lillard. I think the every biggest fan rumor base, of all. <laughs> I think every fan base uh, in the NBA is talking about Damian Lillard right now. Uh. So, but some of the reasons that we are hopeful, um, don't get your hopes set too high, but some reasons that we're hopeful for Damian Lillard coming to the Mavericks, uh, it would take a lot, but he did say that he wanted Jason Kidd to be his coach. Jason Kidd's now the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Is that the Mavs playing chess? Who knows? There might be a lot of behind the scenes sort of uh, sort of stuff going on uh, yeah you never really know what goes on behind the scenes on top of that nico harrison who is now our gm uh had a fantastic relationship with damian lillard damian praising him you know speaking highly of him after he hit that super infamous uh game-winning buzzer beater against okc in the playoffs a few years back and waved him goodbye. He celebrate. He gets dogpiled by his team, celebrates with them, walks all the way across the floor th- through a bit of a crowd of people and daps up and shakes hands with Nico. Yeah. He goes and finds him out of everybody. So that just harps on their relationship. Absolutely. I think it's, it's crazy that like, Granted, it's possible for any team to get Dame or him very much well remain with the Blazers to see if it works. But just the the things that the Mavs have done, it all seems like a big old conspiracy theory. (laughs) I'm telling you. Um, But what would it look like to get Dame? We have some. We have three Mavs trades that what it would take for Dame, and then we have four, five trades from around the league of what a Damian Lillard trade would look like for other teams. Um, but it, for Dame to come to the Mavs, it would take Dame to say, I want to go to Dallas. Send yeah. me to Dallas. Uh, just because we're obviously, we're big Mavs fans, and we're, uh, I wouldn't say we're homers homers, but we 
love everything the Mavs do. Like we're we're always rooting for them, all that stuff. But we can even admit our package is much less than what the packages would look like around the league. So it would take Dame coming on saying, "Look, I've been loyal to y'all for so long. I would love it if you guys sent me to Dallas." Kind of like what James Harden did with the Nets. It would take something yeah. like that. But the way the, the NBA is, yeah. But the way the NBA is today, it's very much possible that that happens. And he's getting, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Blazers just hired Chauncey Billups, who sort of like Kid has had some off-the-court issues. We won't dive into them. Um, it's also gotten a rise out of fans, similar to the Kid situation. And a lot of people are disapproving. Uh, and a lot of that blame is fall- <laughs> somehow the fans are filtering it to Damian Lillard and that's where these sort of rumors are coming from where he's unhappy you know they're sort of pushing him out of there uh sort of the last guy that you want to be blaming franchise problems on right now you know he's he he did just sign his extension for those of you who don't know his contract would have ended this year he's making 31 and a half million this year but he signed the largest extension at the time in NBA history. Uh, so he's signed there through 2025 on, as an unrestricted free agent, but he'll be making <laughs> almost 50 million a year when he's 34. But we just saw the fantastic season he just had. He's has no signs of slowing down right now. So, where does that bring us with packages of getting Dame? Like Mac just said, it would take for him to come out and say, I don't want to be in Portland. You know, Dallas sounds great. There'd have to be Dallas things floating around in the media, probably for that to pick up speed. And also it means that KP is gone, pretty much. Unless the Blazers took a horror, horrendous trade. Man, what a world it would be. Granted, because we do have the cap space, if we could somehow pull that off. And obviously, Luca is untouchable. We're not trading him. Of I would course, never trade yeah. him for Dan. So that I wouldn't trade even, for anything in the world. No, he's the most untouchable okay. trade piece in the NBA, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially on a ten million dollar contract right now. And so any any team would trade any player for Luca. Promise. Yeah. Except maybe. Maybe Giannis for that loyalty factor. Yeah, I don't think they'd move Giannis, but man, would that be a hard package to deny? I think I think LeBron <laughs> would be. I don't know. I would trade LeBron for Luca right now. Are you kidding? Same, same. <laughs> um, but getting into it, uh, the first trade I have. Uh, real quick, if I was the Lakers, I'd trade LeBron. Not if I was the Mavs. Yeah, from the Mavs perspective, I don't think we ever do a deal. No. Uh, no. Unless. No, no. Would <laughs> don't you even tra- say it. Okay, but I'm just saying, would you trade Luka for somehow in a three-team deal? If you all you had to give up was Luka. Uh, but see, you got to pick the right. All team. you have to give up is Luka. <laughs> well, I was saying, what, like, what am if, I getting? You got, if you got, like, if you got the Nets big three and they all signed an extension and they were here to their into their careers no it's still so it's just they just lost in the eastern they didn't even make the semifinals yeah with two, yeah. With two injured players yeah, yeah but still no yeah, yeah I, I mean obviously i couldn't do that my heart couldn't take that would you last one would you trade luca for Jokic, michael porter jr and jamal murray <laughs> My Mavs homer saying no, but I, I my Mavs homer saying no too. But like throw I, that honestly, on the table. Honest, <laughs> that would never happen. Uh, neither team would do that. Um, I want to know what his ceiling looks like before I'd ever consider trading him. What if it's a forty point triple double average? Is yeah. Ceiling? What if he's the greatest player of all time? Yeah, true. Exactly. So. Um, getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> First package it would take. For Dane would be KP 2025 first, 2027 first, and three first round pick swaps. Um, that would also mean lifting the top 10 protection on the 
uh, Knicks pick in 2023, which if you have Dame, I don't think that's an issue. Um, and Luca, I don't think you're expecting to be in the top 10. So that would be what the first package would look like. So what are pick swaps, Mac? Pick swaps are that the Blazers have the choice to take your pick instead of their pick in the first round, which means it's pretty much traded away. You can't trade the pick once it's been swapped. But it would mean like if the Mavs had the eighth pick in the draft in 2026 or something, and the Blazers had the 17th pick, they could take your eighth pick. Mm -hmm. So basically they can – they just – Get the, swap your it's pick. a win. It's a win-win for them on trade day, on a draft day. Yeah, unless their pick is better. Which if yeah. they move Damon CJ, <laughs> good luck having a better pick than the Mavs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Especially that would be very bad. Yeah. If, they had, if, they had, if we had a better pick than them. Um. Another trade is KP, Josh Green, Tyrell Terry, two first rounds and three swaps. Um. Kind of the same thing. And Do it then, in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'm doing all of these in a heartbeat. Um, and for Blazers fans, I don't know if we have any Blazers fans listening to this, but this will be brutal to hear all three of these. Yeah, and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the last one is Dame or Dame for KP, Dwight Powell, Josh Green, two first round picks and three swaps. So it's all pretty much the same variation. Um, Centered around KP. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, for how bad that trade feels, if the it doesn't matter what the league views KPS, right? It only matters what the Blazers or if KP gets traded, whatever team views KPS. Because if they view KP as a guy that can still have a great career and that they could maybe like resurrect it, um, and that his injuries won't be the end of his career, then like it's not as bad as you think. That would be a very interesting – I haven't thought of this yet. That would be a very interesting big situation in Portland if KP was there. You know, Nurkic, Kanner, and Zach Collins, and KP. Well, like, you, you also – I'm pretty sure Nurkic is a free agent. Yeah, so he so might be gone. He, he might be gone regardless. I mean, he's on a deal right now for the Blazers. Um, making $12 million and he's – a top 15 center in the league yes, I, if, yes maybe even top top 12 maybe pushing top top 10 is he like if you have Jokic and bead cat cat boban <laughs> <laughs> i wish you have mm, let's think would you say ad is a center yeah so i think on the lakers he plays center four uh, would you take capella i, I would yeah, yeah. but see, like, capella's offensive game is so not what nurkic is nurkic had a couple 20 point games in that denver series yeah uh, capella doesn't make free throws he shoots like 48 percent from the free throw line uh bam's better oh yeah for sure i forgot uh, about bam sabonis is better but sabonis isn't a five sabonis is a four yeah so uh yeah but I, is miles turner's probably better DeAndre Ayton. That's a close one. Ayton's better. Vooch is better. Okay, he's a top 15. Top 15. Um, Do you count Christian Wood? No, he's a power forward. In my opinion. Especially because yeah. I think the Rockets are taking Mobley. That's true. That does bring... Yeah, the draft does uh, add an interesting wrinkle to, to some of these trades. Yeah, what are, um, we forgot. We forgot Gobert. Yeah, Gobert's on. Oh, we've, we we kind of forgot a good amount of the West centers and Vucevic. Yeah, I said Vuce. You did. Yeah, West centers. There. Yeah, it's real up and down. Uh, I mean, Cat and Jokic are the headliners, and then it. Yeah, but anyways, definitely, I mean, like, definitely I think top. He's, he's better than Drummond. He's better than Drummond. Yeah. I think he's better that, than Valanciunas. Also, this argument goes insane money-wise too. You know, yeah. for twelve million value you get from him is crazy. Yeah, like and DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton's probably the best center 
best value center. It's like ten million a year right now because of his rookie contract. And like every not saying time he's the I best watch Nurkic, he looks like he's seven two three eighty. He looks like Shaq's body. Yeah, it's it's insane. truly he's, um, mad, he's huge. Yeah, the Blazers have a lot of questions, but me and Jake are gonna get into some. I'll give the trade, and you tell me from both perspectives if you do it or not. Mm-hmm. 76ers first. 76ers get Damian Lillard, Robert Covington, and the Blazers get Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, George Hill, and two first-round picks. If you're I, the Sixers, you do it. If I'm the Sixers, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And Ben Simmons just – Came off a pretty weak playoff performance. He's a great player. Just didn't do good. I think I, I think Maxi is also really great. He's going to have great upside. George Hill's kind of on his decline. Sort of just... Yeah, uh, he's, he's done. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of a... Like, if he went to the Blazers, he'd get bought threes. out. He'd get yeah. bought out and go to another playoff team. Yeah, I, yeah. If I'm the Sixers, absolutely. And, you know, I don't know how much this really means, but Covington has played there. He's been there, you know, probably knows her sister. He's, he didn't have, he didn't play under Doc Rivers there, obviously, but, you know, that, that, that adds something, right? I mean, <laughs> you, de- you definitely do that if you're the yeah. Sixers. Yeah. Yeah. If you're the Sixers, you do it. And like all these packages, it doesn't matter. What I think, it doesn't matter what Jake thinks. It doesn't matter what the GM of the Timberwolves thinks. All that matters is what the Blazers view that value as. Because, and if Dame comes out and says, these are my three teams, like he gives two, three teams that he wants to go to, it matters on what the package is that those two or three teams give. Because it's not franchise turmoil, but it's pretty close to it if you have a caliber of player like Damian Lillard and you he says, I want to go to these teams, and you send him to like the Kings. Like what player in the few the near future or even ten years down the road is gonna want to be a blazer if they know that's how you treat your star player? Exactly. Uh, it's just kind I mean, of the especially way especially if you take come. less for him. You know, yeah. like Harden. Harden was a little different because Harden totally quit on the team. Now, yeah. Harden was throwing balls out of bounds, throwing balls past half court. He wasn't working out with the team. And I don't but, think Dame's a a pro. And, yeah. and when I mean use pro, he's he'd never. Sh- do that. Yeah, but I also think the timing is different too. Harden did it right before the season started. These rumblings have started before the draft, before mm. free agency. So there's a lot more time if he wanted to request for a trade for them to find the right package with the teams and work something out. Because um, the season doesn't start till like mid-October. So we're we're like four and a half months away from the season. That's crazy. Um, like three, four it's and a half months. A, cherish, cherish these last few moments. Yeah. Few um, moments. So yeah. Next one I have. Warriors get Dame. Blazers get Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, Jordan Poole. Two first-round picks, one being the seventh pick and a future first. So three picks, one being this year's seventh. You get a young future number one pick from last year's draft. And Wiseman. Oh, God. Imagine Dame and Steph. That would be (laughs) insane. I, I don't even know Rest how that Rest in team... peace to every point guard defender. Yeah, I don't even... Rest in peace to every big man on the switch. Oh, him, those three, and Clay Thompson? Wow. My God. Um, I mean, if you're the Warriors, I mean, I, I feel like you're almost just, screw it, let's do it. Yeah, I feel like every team on here that's trying, maybe besides one, one or two, for me, every team is saying yes. Um, yeah. Not the Blazers, but like the 76 are saying yes. The Warriors are saying yes. And the killer here is, you know, Wiggins. I think Wiggins has pretty much hit his ceiling. He's 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 a fine player. He's 20 a game. Uh, great athlete. Good scorer. 
He, and he's he's not a bad defender. Like no, he's not. His stats this year from his first full season as a warrior were much better than last year. Um, he definitely made some improvements, um, just being in the same system for longer and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think this package is worse than the Sixers package. Yeah, yeah. and Simmons and Mac. Would you rather have Simmons and Maxie or Wiggins and Wiseman? I think Wiseman's got a lot of upside. But you also do get that seventh overall pick. But is there somebody at seven that the Blazers want? It's, it's, that's the whole question. It's it's never about like what a outsider or another team looks at. It's between – like obviously they have their opinions, and if you made a deal with them, they have their opinions on their value. But it's between – it's going to boil down to the Blazers – if he requests a trade and the teams that Lillard gives and what they view their value is, because if let's say they viewed KP's value as yeah, KP can be a 26 and 10 guy with two blocks and be a perennial all-star. He had a rough contact injury, which is better than a non-contact injury and in that they think they can rejuvenate his career. And they think Josh green has a lot of potential and they want to do right by Dame. He could easily end up on the Mavericks. Uh, not easy, but that, that's with Dame requesting for the Mavs and all that stuff. And um, KP having a healthy offseason is also big for his value because instead of getting an injured seven foot three guy, you know, entering a new situation, you know, him being healthy is so huge because, you know, unless he gets hurt and shoot around, which <laughs> I think would just destroy his value if that did happen. Then you know he's knock on wood. I hope he's healthy. I hope he's going to be healthy this entire summer. He's going to be healthy going into a new situation, ready to go. So if if KP comes out before the trade deadline and averages twenty six and ten and looks great, does that not booster his value so much more? It, it just it just changes the value of KP because some people around the league view KP as like Kimba Walker, and you got to give a pick to get Kimba. And to me, that's just like that's like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Kimba was traded with a almost lottery pick for Al Horford, who's 35 <laughs> and who didn't play this year. And Moses Brown, who's a young guy who, not to be rude, but will probably never be a starter in the like a a long time starter in the NBA. It's just yeah. like it, it's it's all He's based solid. On- He's just a solid player. He's fine. Yeah, it's not, he's fine. Like he's, he's not, not game breaking. Yeah, he's he's not. I wouldn't even call him good. He's just out of. He's, uh, he's, he's good. He had a. I mean, he had like a twenty rebound game this season. I honestly, if he does I, this role well. if I played eighty two games with a Thunder, I could probably get eight <laughs> one game. Yeah, but <laughs> like maybe eight long threes come my I, way. I'm not boxing anybody out, but like. I think he did have 17 and a half. Yeah, no, there's definitely some perks, but him long. He's a long athlete. Yeah, being the number one or number two option on a Thunder team when they're sitting Dort. When they're sitting Dort and Shea Gildress and Pokashevsky? Is that how do you pronounce it? Pokashevsky. He's the number one option and. Moses Brown is number two. Yeah, I think Moses Brown is going to do whatever he wants. But we want to talk about picks. Talk about the Thunder. Talk about unlucky with how that draft. They had a chance to get two top six picks. Gone. Or actually two top five. I think they ended up with like six. They could have had number one and number th- four. Yeah. Yeah. One and four. Yeah. Um, and the Rockets got two. That's got to be brutal. Um, mm. Next one. In my opinion... Boston doesn't do this. Damian Lillard for Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Aaron Naismith, and a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean... I just don't think that... No. I don't think the Celtics give up on Brown. Because Dame's 31, Brown's like 25. I mean, you've seen it not work, though. You've seen it not work for like two or three seasons. Where Brown has been like that consistent... And he just had a breakout season. Yeah, he just averaged just almost twenty five, and they didn't yeah, he go anywhere. Just had a breakout, but they also had Kemba. True. And and they didn't have a center. Like, Tristan Thompson and. Yeah, but do you 
do you miss the opportunity to get Dame on this? I, I the only reason I say that is because we've seen Tatum and Brown not work for a few years now. Like not not work to the sense where they're not in the finals. I mean, that's yeah. But see, I think the fact that they've made the the Eastern Conference Finals with those two. And the fact that they, yeah. Yeah, when they got bounced against uh, Toronto. I mean, that and when they faced LeBron. They've been there twice. Was that Tatum's rookie year? Mm Mm-hmm. Was Brown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Brown was drafted first. Yeah. My only thing is, is do you trade for that? Like, what, how does that get you over the hump of the East? That's my thing. And with a new coach, a new GM, are they not going to give Brown and Tatum another chance? Yeah. I mean, it. Brown's coming off an injury, but it's, I mean, it's his wrist. It's nothing serious. I mean, I think he has to have surgery, but that's, I don't think it's very dramatic. It's I don't think it's going to affect his value. <sighs> I don't know. I don't think, I think that's a little much for Dame. I just, I just don't. Just because of Brown, but it's not far. Yeah, I just, I don't know if I'm the Celtics if I give up Brown because. What if you took Smart out of that? Would you still do it, or would you do it? If you throw another pick in and replace Smart, second round. If I'm the Celtics, but do the Blazers? That's not the question. Would would the Blazers rather want Jalen? Okay, if if you're the Blazers, do you want Jalen Brown, Aaron Naismith, and two first round picks? Which I don't think cap wise that can work. First of all, mm-hmm. um, they just they got to unload some cap somewhere. But do you do Jalen Brown, Aaron Smith, two first round picks, or do you do a package of like Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, two first, and George Hill? You you know like. Because he's going to have teams that he – he's going to give multiple teams if he requests for a trade. And these are all hypotheticals. Um, and also look at your team if you're the Blazers. Um, like, I mean, Norman Powell's a free agent. But you also have – if you have – CJ's not running the point. Norman's not running the point. That's your two and your three right there. Jalen Brown's not running the point. Uh, who's going to sit? You know, unless you unload Norman. Unless they take this deal. KP, yeah, you, Josh Green, Jalen Brunson, two people first, <laughs> three swaps. You have a center of the future. It you all leads back guard. to Dallas. It all leads back to Dallas. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a tough one for me. I, I guess I would say no. I just I don't see the how Celtics. Dame, I don't I don't see how Dame gets them over the hump with the rest of their roster. Just because if, yeah, I I agree. I think. I would rather add a cheaper guard that doesn't need the ball than give away Brown and all that for Dame. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, next one I have, the Knicks. R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, three first-round picks. Mm. You're the Knicks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're the Knicks, yeah. If you're the Blazers, if you're the Knicks. Hell yeah! Like, it's it's an automatic. It's not yeah. even a question. Hammer it. <laughs> if That's you're the like, Blazers, this is kind of a deal where, and this it's not going to happen. But if no one else showed interest in this, is like all you could get with Dame wanting to be out of Portland, and you can't get anything else. Yeah, and like, uh, it's not a bad player. No, he's not. Um. But throwing Robinson, like Robinson, sort of introduces that big problem again. I mean, if Nurkic is gone, then he's playing with Canner and Zach Collins. But I also think Canner's a free agent. Like this is the thing. I'm not like even that big thing wouldn't concern me if I'm the Blazers because if you're moving Dame, you're moving the shit. You're move. You're getting rid of the crew. Yeah. You know. So like, I don't know if it becomes an issue. I think at that point. If you move Dame, you're getting rid of CJ, and you're just taking talent at that point. You just want talent. But yeah. it, it is a lot of 
And there's a lot of unproven bigs in Toppin and Robinson. Um, Robinson's done good in stints. He seems to be injured a lot, though. And he also ta- wants to be a starter. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's got to prove you could, some more. If you could see our faces, uh, Jake just <laughs> had a mince eye roll. Um, <laughs> Robinson wanted to be a starter. But it's yeah. League, right? Okay, one that I came up with, and I don't think the Nuggets would ever do this because the Nuggets franchise just doesn't seem to be like this, and they're very loyal. But what if they were like, we can't waste another year of Jokic for waiting for Jamal Murray because he tours ACL in like March. So the dude won't be back till around like earliest, maybe like February, latest like April. Um, so like right before the playoffs. Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, Bull Bull, two first rounds. For the Blazers, take it. If I'm now. the Blazers, that's a deal that I would take. You get a young star. You take get that right now. Two young building block, two young pieces. I won't say building blocks. Monte Morris has proven he can be a good point guard in the league, um, especially off the bench. And Bull Bull, you're taking a chance on who knows. I think you <laughs> could take a pick out of there. Yeah. I would take that for. I mean, Jamal Murray alone is a great player. And then Monte he's, Morris is... He's better than everybody offered besides Brown in these mm-hmm. like trades that we came up with. Um, yeah. And then Monte Morris is really very solid guard off the bench. Then Bull Bull is a super promising talent. So, yeah, I, if I was a Blazers, I would take that. If Dame shows any disinterest being there and take that right now yeah those are our some fake trades that we wanted to go through um on this podcast um i do have a prediction for the maps hear it dwight powell and jalen brunson will not be mavericks Mm. how do you say that i think that dwight powell is obviously making 11 million that's a good salary to be traded it's a um, bad salary for a guy that doesn't play in playoffs too yeah um jalen brunson's making like two million so i got a hypothetical trade i did was dwight powell jalen brunson from elite beasley and obviously it's not like oh this trade is going to happen but i i think they get moved regardless um just from what i have a feeling of and some things I've been looking at, but that would be a deal that I, you would I would sign up for. Yeah, and every day. If if you're the Timberwolves, the reason you do that is because it, your starters would look like D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, Cat, and whoever you're the four, Jade McDaniel's maybe. Uh, Five guys who can't play defense. Yeah, and you can't <laughs> and really all want like, the ball. Yeah, and you can't like Malik Beasley six four. Anthony Edwards is like six three six four. You can't play both of them plus D'Lo. No, like, you just two, can't. No. And two guys Malik like that Beasley, who both can't guard anyone. He's talked about how he wants to be a starter and all this stuff. So he, if you're he the should have been in the All Star contention. Ah, little. He did yeah. average around twenty. Which was like the, the forty. That was like the 45th highest in the league, though. Yeah. Something like Um, that. But my thing is, is if you're the Timberwolves, you do that to get a mentor and Dwight Powell. And you're also just kind of taking the cap to unload Beasley. And you're getting a young point guard. Um, Because I'm not sure if D'Lo's the answer there long term. And you could also, there's some three-team trades. Um, I'll give you one right now. Philly gets D'Lo, Juan Hernan, Go- Juan Hernan Gomez, Jalen Brunson. Timberwolves get Ben Simmons, Dwight Powell. The Mavs get Malik Beasley. So, so, just, so we're basically so, doing that same trade. Just you added teams. Philly, and I don't think, D- like I said, I don't think D'Lo's a long time option there. So you get your. Guy, they've been rumored to be very interested in Ben Simmons. He actually fits great next to Cat. Um, you get a center to make the salaries work and a guy who can come off the bench and bring energy, just like a good veteran. 
The Mavs get Malik Beasley. And if you're Philly, you do it because you're getting rid of Ben Simmons and you're getting D'Lo, Jalen Brunson, and Juan Hernan Gomez. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Juan Hernan Gomez is, he's like a 6'9", 6'10", um, doesn't really play the three anymore, but he can shoot the ball, space the floor for Embiid. Um, so, yeah, those are just some hypothetical trades we want to throw at you today. Yeah. Um, keep your keep your eyes and ears peeled for Dame news. Uh, don't believe every rumor. Every, every fan base is doing jersey edits with Dame right now, so don't trust what you see. You'll probably see some... Uh, Washington, Boston, Lakers, Clippers, uh, Dame, Heat, even Mavs. You know, we might sound like crazy Mavs fans right now. But the only reason we're talking about him is because of what we mentioned earlier about Kidd and Harrison. And, you know, sort of a stars aligning situation. You know, maybe. We'll see. But just of everything going on, it feels like the Mavs got the best chance at him if he wanted to leave Portland. You know, Mm -hmm. if he... If he had to say, I want to be here, I want to be in this place, I don't want to be in Portland, looks like Dallas is one of the front runners right now. If Dude, not the front runner. Just think about it. If we got Dame for that, like one of those packages, <laughs> man, you still have about 34 million in cap, like 30 million in cap space. You go out and sign like Rashawn Holmes or Jared Allen for like 15 to 20. You have a five. You have your one and your two. You have Dodo. And you retain Tim with the other money. Dame, Luca, Dodo, Maxi, insert center, your bench, Tim Hardaway Jr., and whoever the else wants to be on the team. At that point, you have vets coming. That's the other oh. aspect about Harrison and Kid. We didn't t- touch too much on. That also brings much more appeal to the team, you know, in terms of those relationships, because those two have been spoken very highly of by players. So we'll see like, what happens. We'll see what happens. That's what the missing. And real quick before we end, like if you look at all these teams, there are veteran wing players on these teams that are in the semifinals that are contributing. Um, the only one I couldn't say like a wing. Maybe the Hawks, but Solomon Hill starts. Like so but they have like Clint Capella, a guy who's been there, like a veteran, you know, they and like the Hawks run we kind of talked about as great as they are, they had a easy path. The one of the easier paths. Um the Knicks are probably the worst team in the playoffs this year. Um Yeah. yeah. And seventy sixers and Bede had no meniscus and Ben, ben Simmons, Simmons was a, a zero. Yeah. Um, and it still went seven. Um, but, like, the Suns, Jay Crowder, perfect example. Uh, the Bucks, P.J. Tucker, the Clippers, Marcus Morris Sr. for how much we hate him, Batum. Like, Iguodala those, on the Heat. Yeah, Ig- Iggy on the Heat. Um, the Lakers had Jared Dudley. Uh <laughs> But like, like all those teams have wing guys who can contribute. Like I thought Batum's career was over and now he's rejuvenated his career with the Clippers and plays well as a small ball five, uh, protects the rim a lot better than I thought. Uh, just makes the right place. Just a guy, a veteran guy who can come in and make the right plays in the playoffs. Like Danny Green for the Sixers too. Like uh, Rondo last year. Not Rondo yeah. this year, but Rondo last yeah. year. <laughs> Lou Williams this they year, will. he leads that bench unit. They don't get outscored. And if they yeah. do, it's barely by anything when Trey goes to the bench. Like, that's shocking. When Luka goes to the bench, the Mavs are pitiful. Mm-hmm. And that's just the difference. And for those who want to talk about roster, the Mavs held out for Giannis. The Hawks signed Gallinari, Bogdanovich, and traded for Clint Capella, which is like $64 million. The Mavs held out for Giannis. Um, it's just the difference. It's when are – if the Mavs don't get free agents, when – like a big-name free agent, when's the time they're going to stop going for stars and start signing two-way players? That's the question. Get get excited. Get, yeah. It, stop 
stop being so down. There, there's change. We asked for change, right? Here it is. I think Harrison and Kidd have a lot of potential. You know, we'll see what they do, of course. Press conference July 15th, like Max said. Uh, they were just hired officially while we recorded this. Hopefully, some big news coming this offseason. Yeah, we we want to see some change. There needs to be some change for sure. Yeah, and get excited. Um, the draft is about a month away, and when the draft happens, trades happen. That's when the uh, Seth Curry trade uh, went mm-hmm. down. So it's just an exciting time to be an NBA fan. Um, this for this next month. So yeah, yeah, we got conference finals going on right now. Um. Got some bets on those today, so be sure. We're also on Twitter. If you didn't know, we announced our three followers of the week. Don't know who they are? Be sure you go check it out. What is follower of the week, Mac? Follow of the week is an opportunity, a contest for the three most active followers a week to win a cash prize. Cash prize, ten bucks, just for. Like and retweeting, talking to us on Twitter. Just typing stuff out. Touching your phone. You get 10 bucks. So get active. Get on Twitter. Follow us. Talk to us. Join our most loyal follower, JJ Berea. We are at all in one Dallas on Twitter. That's one word. And we will catch you guys next time.